podcast my name is luke and it's just ron just ron just ron and me so this is the father-son duo danny sparrow is nowhere to be found he had an emergency today i think or something so emergency family emergency for danny so um so he's he's not going to be here so it's just you and me squaring off it between two worlds yeah been uh we're going to do a little recap, or what are we going to do here? Well, we're just going to talk about mission trips. Okay. We're going to do mission trips. Because that's all there is to recap. That's right. That's what we both come back from. So, yep. Still recuperating. But anything, before we get into mission trips, do you have anything that's bothered you recently? Well, yeah, maybe. You know, I got this. I, I like to think that I'm somewhat of a handyman. Hmm. And uh, that's probably just basically a pipe dream in my end. Hmm. Uh, and I probably know enough just to be dangerous, mm. you know, with wrenches and tools. So I've um, I've got a garage that's got three cars that presently need work on them. Mm-hmm. That's not happening yet, but, you know, thankful for a door that closes and hides three vehicles that need work. Mm. But then we decided to do this downstairs. Wait, so how many vehicles do you own? How many vehicles do you own? It's a one, two, three, four, five, six. Six vehicles. Yeah, that's not good. Between you and mom. Between, yeah, not good. Yeah, something went wrong here someplace. <laughs> and what went wrong? I don't know. I, 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 don't, I, I can't pass up a, a, a good deal, and sometimes good deals do, do not become good deals. Sometimes your good deals take a long time for them to become good exactly. deals. Exactly. You know, and I, I, I don't have that kind of patience at times. And so so the, the cars are, you know, have always been good deals. Like, and so. So are you looking to sell any of them right now? Yep, yep. I think I've sold, uh, sold the bug. Bugs oh, good. yep. Wow. Yep. Lucas. Wants to buy it, Lucas Marins. Lucas Marins. Yep, yep. Wants to buy the bug. Oh yeah, he's from Brazil, man. Those Brazilians, they Brazilian love, love bugs. Oh yeah. Oh, that, that's that's a sweetheart deal. For Are that. you serious? Yep, yep. Oh, he, what is with Brazil and liking bugs? That's that's what it is. Yeah, they. But they it's have like a, lot a bright red bug. Bright red, yeah. And it, but it's a diesel, and he he loves the fact that it's a diesel. So. So yeah, so that's gonna go out the door. And then you're probably I, gonna give him a deal. Oh yeah, he's got a deal. deal. So and then uh, and then I've got this uh, Nissan Pathfinder 2005 that I'm doing a major engine. Overhaul. So if anyone's looking for a Pathfinder, well, it's pretty good shape. Just redoing the head head gasket mm-hmm. on that one. So yeah. So then a couple other projects that need help. So yeah. But the thing that here, here's the thing. <laughs> got this bait in the house and it's a four level split and the basement is um uh was not it was sort of developed but not it was developed in the 80s and of course totally colors and all that kind of stuff but kind of a useless space hmm. you know and so we thought well should we put a you know bathroom down there but because our plumbing is above the level of the basement floor that means that if you put a bathroom in there, you have to have a pump that pumps out all your liquid. That all grinds your, it up. and then Grinds it up. up, all your toilet stuff. It just gets ground up, and then it gets shot up and then out into the lines. And I thought, well, that's not such a big deal. I mean, I can, you know, so I got my bathroom framed up in there, and I went and bought this toilet. It cost about 1000 bucks these toilets, because it's got the pump on the back. And I thought, you know, how hard is it to hook up mm-hmm. a sink 
a shower, and no. a toilet. Not hard. Not hard. No. You know, I mean, anybody can do that. You, you look at this thing. It says those, that all you need is you know you need pipes, you need you need some glue. Uh, you got to have a certain amount of of um, mathematical skill. Didn't to, you fail math? Uh, I I didn't even take math, <laughs> and so. <laughs> You know, I know how to use a measuring tape. And, you know, in plumbing, it's got to have a slope the right way, you know, and that kind of thing. And make sure your joints are right. And so usually what to... people do, like four years of schooling, yeah, well, I you mean, think you there, don't need any of that and you can just do this yourself. There's geometry in all of this, too. I mean, not only did I not do well in math, but I did not do well in geometry because you got angles here. You got 22s, you got 45s, you Wait, know. You got... So in your day, geometry and math were separate? Yes. Not in yours? No. What? Geometry is a subject of math. So they tortured me twice. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, yeah, geometry was all by itself. Man, we had all those things, you know, so wish I would have paid more attention to that. But, you know, that being said, so I'm thinking, okay, here's a small little bathroom. You know, things are looking good, and I'm getting there. And then you hit a wall, and literally a wall. I got this big cement wall that I got to <laughs> shoot these pipes up. So I'm pounding through the floor so I can drop the P-trap. You know, the P-trap's got to be down below. And then I got to build a box so the shower can sit in the box. And then I got to drill through the wood so the pipes can come through there, And you know, because it can't go underneath. And so I, I did about as much as I could. And then I looked at it, and then you know how you just, I, I just, okay, I need help. This is not good. This, I don't want this toilet blowing up. Mm. You know, somebody pushes the old hooshkow flush, <laughs> and then this stuff could go flying everywhere, you know? Wait, what did you just say? The hooshkow? What's the hooshkow? I have no idea. I just made that word up as you I You made went. it up right now. Right now. The hooshkow. The hooshkow. The hooshkow. You know, hooshkow. It kind of reminds me, like, you know, it, it could be a cartoon where a guy's sitting on the toilet, he gets up. And it says hushka? And then the thing blows up, and then it's hushka. You know, I don't know. (laughs) Stuff is flying. I could just envision stuff flying everywhere. With hushka. I have no idea. Huh. There could be a meaning to that that somebody on our on our wide range of listeners, <laughs> you know, could yeah. maybe tell me what a hushka is or whatever. I'm not sure, but uh, I just threw that word in there. I have no idea if it it suits or appropriate. Maybe if not a good word, who knows? But anyway, so I I had this thing, and I it's it's, it's frustrating because you want to do more and you can't do more, and then you realize if I go any further, I'm in I'm in I'm in trouble. Hmm. You know, so so who'd you call? So I actually plumbed the shower once. Then I had my uh, my good friend Vic Schellenberg come oh, over, Vic who's Schellenberg. master renovator, and he yeah. says, "Ron, that's not going to work. <laughs> You're going to have to do that." So I cut it up and I put it in again. And I thought, "Okay, now I've got it." And then the next guy that comes in, it wasn't Vic, but I had this guy come in that, who's a plumber, and he looked at it. He said, "Oh yeah, that should work." And then I came over and he worked on it while I was in Mexico. And then uh, I saw when I came home that there was a pile of plastic pipe. That was my work that he had to cut off and do it again. So three times that shower has been plumbed. Wow. <laughs> and so now it's not – maybe I'm thinking this guy that was plumbing for me says, I better do what Ron did over so that if something does go wrong, I know that I did it. and Not him. Not, you know, or not that, that he did it and it would be done right. He's not trusting my work is what he's saying. So anyway, so we're, we're getting closer. But, uh, yeah, it's um, – I love this stuff, but here's the thing: you just you think you know more, and you don't. Hmm. You know, I mean, that's I'm, uh, maybe I overestimate myself. It's a little late in life to think that, though, isn't it? Do you think? Hopefully, you have a good picture of who you are by now. <laughs> yeah, maybe I do. Maybe I don't. Who is that guy? <laughs> oh man! Oh. Anyways, so much for the hooch cow. <laughs> 
So you put in uh, insulation? Oh, yeah. Then yesterday I put in insulation. Is drywall up? Uh, drywall is going next. What are you doing next day or two? Uh, yeah, good. You can help me haul drywall downstairs. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. I'm busy. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So drywall next, and then we can uh, hook up the electrical stuff. All the wires are in. So then they can put the lights in, and then it should be good. To, you know, then we'll figure it out. So Amazing. we're getting closer. Cool. Well, that's here's the thing with Ron. Uh, not too sure really what it was, but... Yeah, it was kind of a beaten path of... Just something. Something. Yeah. Anyways, we're going to talk about mission trips now. The porn's mission trips, why should kids go on mission trips, how did our mission trips go, Yeah, that kind of thing. So, Ron, uh, tell us what you did. Yeah, obviously, I think in... Um, it's been a while since I have led an actual missions trip. The last one I remember was a young adults team to tie back. Yeah, I did a young adults back when I was in grade six. Six, I think. yeah, it was about two thousand and two or three yeah. or something like that, right? Yeah, I did uh, <laughs> over. It was well over. It was over about seven, sixteen days, I think. Took uh, a group of young adults to Tibet, which is amazing. And um, that was, but that's young adults a little different than doing high school kids. And and the one before that would have been a middle school. I took middle schoolers once to Mexico. And said I'd never do that again, but uh, um, yeah, I don't know if I'd take middle school. No, I, not a good idea. No, not a good, idea. a good idea. So anyway, so uh, my uh, we went to Caretro, Mexico, uh, with uh, working under Children of Hope Ministries, which is orphanages, and we went to an orphanage called Esperanza. Uh, we arrived there on Thursday of last, or I guess two weeks ago now, and. We spent uh, nine days in uh, in Mexico working in this orphanage. So we did hard labor for the most part, uh, and then we played hard with kids, and it was amazing. Mm. Uh, the connection. There's about thirty kids or so in that orphanage, ages from five to about sixteen, and it was really cool because this orphanage have never had a high school group like ours. That totally, they've had high school kids, but it was with maybe with mom and dad or something like that. Right. But this was it wasn't a youth group. It wasn't a youth group. They'd never done that. So there was a little bit of apprehension on their part to see how all this would go because we had like there's uh, 17 teenagers and then plus three adults, Michaela and Deanna and myself. And while I have, you know, the first day a little, you know, okay, yep, is this going to work? And then from there on in, it just connected. Hmm. And, uh, uh, I was I was telling someone the other day that uh, how to, when they asked how it go and I says well you know when you prioritize your life and it's God first, family second, and ministry third you know that's what I tell my students and all that you know you get but I says that this ministry experience was probably one of the most like like a home run experience for me. Um, oh good. So good to see kids connect with God, connect with each other, connect with these. Uh, orphans in Mexico and uh, become team and just how so many of them initiated prayer and uh, studying and reading the Bible on their own and you know and you could just you know see the focus that was there and the intentionality that these kids had you know we, we didn't we didn't travel a lot outside of just doing some we visited some other orphanages and things like that but we were pretty focused on Esperanza. Mm-hmm. And that Friday night, wow. When you left. When we left, Friday night, uh, I never saw so many tears at a mission strip. 
And these kids were loving it. And even on the, 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 the orphan side, I mean, these kids loved <coughs> us. And they, they did not want to see us go. Mm-hmm. And, and you could tell it had a huge effect. There's, there's two sets of parents that run this orphanage, and they were so thrilled for us. They actually they kind of demanded that we come back next year. Mm-hmm. This is, you have to be back next year. You have to be. And so, I mean, of course, that made all of our kids feel really, really good. So we'll see what happens, of course. But, uh, boy, it was, it was good. We had uh, uh, four boys uh, and, th- and 13 girls. And uh, uh, it um, obviously produces challenges here and there. But overall, you look back, and you're so thankful to the Lord for, for the experience this gave these kids. So, yeah. So we'll see what happens. I, I, I told him, I says, well, the missions trip actually just started now. You know, hmm. you think it's over, but now it just really starts. Right. What will this do for you yeah. in your entire life? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Uh, I just got back from Thailand. Uh, jet lag's hitting me oh, hard. Oh, yeah. How many hours difference? 13. 13 hours. Oh. Yeah, so. That's not, heavy. Yeah. The, the previous two times, no jet lag at all. Really? Not sick at all. Felt great. Huh. Yeah. This time I got sick. Maybe that's sickness and the jet lag combined. Yeah, that probably didn't do each other any good. Yeah. So, yeah, last night went to bed at 1, woke up at 3. Oh. And then been up since. Oh. So not fun. But no. I had an amazing time in Thailand. Yeah. The It's like what you said. It's the, the kids getting to experience God and get to know God by themselves, yeah. the parents yeah. there. It's yes. so big. Yes. It's so essential for these kids kids' faith for their mm-hmm. for their parents' God to become their God. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, because you, you see it riddled in the Bible mm-hmm. of it's always just like the God of your ancestors, mm-hmm. and then eventually you become that ancestor where yep. God was your God. Yep, yep. And so this is a huge transitional time for these kids where it's mm-hmm. like, no, no, it's not my parents' faith anymore, it's my faith. Yeah. Um, and just seeing them love the Lord mm. uh, is just awesome. And oh. that's like, that's my thing is yeah. just seeing kids love the Lord. Like this is a, this is a discipleship trip. Totally right. Uh, we get to do some good, which is awesome, mm-hmm. but I'm there to disciple these teenagers. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was fantastic. The kids yeah. impressed me. They were so, so good. Mm. Um, we got to hang out with kids from slums in Bangkok, kids yeah. in slums in Pattaya, uh, Tribal villages up north, uh, in the, the Chiang Kong region, and uh, yeah, it was amazing uh, just to be there and see the churches, and it was so cool for the kids to see that. Uh, in Patia, we actually got to open the kids' eyes a little bit, and they got to see prostitutes. Mm. So there's just one strip, uh, soy six in Patia. Patia has r- roughly from anywhere from thirty-five to sixty thousand prostitutes. Wow. The unofficial sex capital of the world, and the we went down the street, and just as soon as those prostitutes saw boys, they're screaming, "Boys, come here, come here!" or whatever they're saying, and it was hard for mm. them, mm. but such a good opportunity for them yeah. to see what the world is like. Yeah, uh, I mean, not that the whole world is like that, but there's parts. No, no. very true. And for them to see such depravity mm-hmm. was so good for them. Yeah. And so our big challenge for these kids was, okay, now you've seen this. You've seen, you've experienced God. I mean, some of the girls, Ava and Taylor, I think maybe I think Colton was there too. They got to pray for a dude mm. uh, who was deaf in one ear, and he could hear mm. after that. So it was like wow. so cool. They saw God move. 
uh, through the kids, through the people they met. And so now the big challenge is now that you've seen that, now you've experienced that, how do you not go back to normality? Mm-hmm. How, it's like what you said, the mission trip starts now. Yeah. yeah. How do you act like how you do did there yeah. back here? Yeah. Um, and so that's a huge challenge for mm-hmm. kids. I've seen kids go on mission trips and just they can't and they just yeah. revert back to how totally they were right. before. Um, and then the but yeah, that's that's what we're trying is it's just a push to yeah. be how you were at the mission trip yeah. at home. Yeah. And that's that is a hard thing because Obviously, you're you know you're in an environment twenty four seven. You have a team environment. You have a God right. environment everywhere you go. Right. Choose. You have people constantly building yep. you up and yep. pushing you forward. Yep. And then you all go, to go in the same direction. Right. Yeah. Because everyone is kind yep. of like minded. Yeah. Then you go to school and it's, and it's like just, uh, no one is like nobody me. even knows what I did. Or, right. You know, or I've, cares. Or even cares. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. No, it is a hard thing. And I mean, obviously, as a youth group, you know, one of our our, our our core values is that we would expose our teenagers to cross-cultural missions. Right. You know, and, and obviously that, you know, I mean, you took an older team, you had grade 11s and 12s. Yeah. And that's kind of been the tradition here at Northview is that 11 and 12s every other year uh, do a fairly major trip, right? Yeah. And so, and because our youth group is so large, we, we've felt like last year we talked about this. I wonder if we should do something not as, long and maybe not as far away. And so that's when yeah. this Mexico thing came up. And so my team was composed mainly of grade 10s, had a couple of grade nines and a couple and three grade uh, 12 girls, grade 12 girls. So, uh, so very much so uh, a, a bit of a different group in the sense right. of that, but it's, it's one of those things that we want to do. And it's not just meant to be an educational thing. This is like, as you said, this is when you take kids away, this is a discipleship thing, you know, and this is where leaders, you had obviously Anna Lee and an, uh, how many other leaders? Uh, four other ones. Four other leaders. Cody, yeah. Nolan, Summer, and Aaliyah. Yeah. So, I mean, you got four quality people there that are volunteers, plus you and Anna Lee, and then myself with uh, uh, with uh, Deanna and Michaela. And uh, I mean, I just, I, I love the time that these kids get to spend with their leaders, you know. Mm-hmm. And the relationships that they build, the the memories that happen here, you know, the experiences that are shared, you know, are so good. I mean, there is a lot of planning that goes yeah. into making this happen. A lot of man hours. Yeah, and for me, I didn't have to do a lot of it. P. John, yes, who is yes, our guy, yeah. he, like, so amazing. Yeah. Like, he, I can't thank that guy enough mm-hmm. for what he did. Yeah. Him and uh, also P. Ning, um, she lives in Thailand, is mm-hmm. like the, one of the translators there, and she just organizes. Her and John just organize everything, and just a fantastic job. They wow. did everything. It was, was so good. Yeah, yeah, that I don't have to do, like, I don't have to search for food. I don't have to search yeah. for transportation. They did all of that. See, that's so. so good. Yeah. Yeah, we had help on our side, too. We had Brian and Betty Hepner, who who uh, run and organize Children of Hope, and so they're on the ground there with us and, and helping us in a lot of ways as mm-hmm. well. So I guess the question is, Luke, you know, I mean, you're the high school pastor and, uh, and I find myself at times, you know, you know, now that it's, it's in the rearview mirror, mm-hmm. okay, and you even mentioned this too, like, okay, what will happen to these students who experience this? What will this do for them? Will they own, own their own faith yeah. m- more realistically? And we talked about that, actually. We spent our time in Second Peter 1, uh, verse 3, like the first 11 verses where we talked about 
uh, verse 3 was, I think, the, the key verse where the, the divine power that has been given to us, God has given us everything we need for godly living, you know, uh, paraphrase there. So everything that we need, God has given us. Mm-hmm. So, and then he unpacks about seven things that we need to add to our faith, right? right. So, you know, and so we talked about that, like, you know, you're, you know, for many of these students, you know, for most of them, they've come to know Christ early. They've come to church. They're part of our church, part of our youth group. And, you know, and it's just, this is going to help you own your own faith because you're away from mom and dad. You're away from, you know, right. the church. You're away from yeah. whatever. And I hope one of the things is, is that you will become more of who God wants you to be. And I think that's the one thing I did see, you know, when I see these students, you know, pray together, initiated all by themselves, right. you know. Uh, they'd see a need, and you could see the you know the tears swell up in their eyes, you know, or they're questioning things, they're talking about things that they normally don't do, and and so we had great times of debrief and and you know on you know on those kind of things too, where I'm hopeful that that will just continue on. Actually, I had my students, um, you know, whether or not they did or not, but we gave them the opportunity to journal, you know, and there are many times I'd find them on their own, just journaling, you know, just, mm-hmm. just write about this stuff now because you will forget, yeah. you know. And I think that's what I'm always afraid of is they'll forget the experiences yeah. they had here. And you want them to remember and you want yeah. that to change their lives. I mean, if you think about it, that's a lot like uh, ancient Israel, right? Mm-hmm. Is God's always saying, hey, I'm going to create this thing so you can remember, yes. right? Passover, yeah. um, create Ebenezer's, yeah. 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 that kind of thing. To yeah. be like, hey, remember what I've done here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's putting into these kids' lives, like put in ways that you can remember what happened yeah, here. Yeah. Um, so it's to properly debrief what happened so it actually mm-hmm. becomes a part of your life and it's yeah. just not something you did and now it's done. Right. Uh, but it's something that stays a part of your whole life. Oh, absolutely. So how do you, how do you, how do you propose in terms of uh, follow-up now? Or Yeah, so what we do for follow-up is... Um, we each had certain kids. So I had oh, I had okay. four boys, mm-hmm. my grade 12 boys. I had them. Cody had three boys. Nolan mm-hmm. had three boys. I think Annalie had five. Summer and Aaliyah each had four. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to meet with each of them individually uh, within the span of two weeks mm-hmm. after the trip. And then we have, uh, I think, four group debriefs. Oh, boy. We also have... Uh, and then a presentation night. Mm-hmm. And so it's debriefing together. It's still hanging out together. It's still uh, gathering together. And a lot of it is just making sure you're actually processing it. Mm-hmm. They're just not, okay, that happened, that's done, but actually going through and thinking about things. And mm-hmm. so we have a huge debrief sheet uh, that we get the kids to fill out and do. Mm. So that's usually very helpful. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would hope that in all of this, even with their parents, for many of them too, is to uh, debrief with them. And I would encourage moms and dads. You know, I mean, more than just some of the, you know, obviously, hopefully, there's some heartfelt moments that you're able to share with them right. and to get to dig deeper. You know, and as a parent, you know, you can now kind of, uh, you know, kind of jump on this discipleship track a bit. You know, and and continue to encourage and bless your son or daughter uh, in, you know, in the decision to go, what did you learn? Yeah. How has it changed you? Uh, you know, what is significant about this? And, and I think those are moments that I think are going to last for a long, long time. 
Yeah. Are mission trips worth the risk? Hmm. Well, yeah, that's that's another uh, story. I think there's there's probably two, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Yes, we want our students to experience cross-cultural missions. Um, the other side of that is we live in a very um, difficult world where things do happen, and obviously that can happen to believers as well, no matter how prepared you are. And so I think on a on a on an insurance level, on a you know, for our providers, you know, they get a little nervous because we pack, you know, you had twenty four, twenty three kids, twenty three, so forty kids out the door, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, are under your authority and my authority. You know, right. you sign off, I sign off, they parents sign off. We are the notary, you know, legal guardians for these kids once they're you know out the door, right? So there's a lot of responsibility in that, yeah, an awful lot. And so mm-hmm. we're thankful for the mercies of God that you know travel safeties and you know nothing major happened and all of those kinds of things. But you know those are the risks that that are available. And so is it a risk? You know, I mean, I think we will never know the full value of these trips. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that someday, you know, I think you know students will if they're not. You know, following Lord, let's say they're gonna. I had one student talk about baptism, you know, that kind of thing, and and you know, wanting to grow in that step, you know. And I think those are important times. But I think you know, over the course of time, will this be one of those building blocks yeah. that will obviously be an addition to their faith that will help them and point them and continue to drive them closer to the Lord? Uh, as has happened in other cases, and when I've done trips, is I have students who've fallen away, you know. They have walked away from God, and you know, right. and that's happened here, and you know, and, and that's the saddest thing, you know, when you invest time and energy and resources, and and, and not that you know, they all have to come back, you know, you know, you want a hundred percent, and you want to go for that, but you know, you realize that the the chances are, and I talked to our students about this. I says, you know, there's kids who do these things, and then they walk away two, three weeks later, and it's it's they're done, you know. So right. the risk, yeah, I I do believe it's worth the risk. Um, I think our church has to, under you know, they understand that, and, you know, I think we kind of sometimes hold our breath and say, okay, you know, there is a huge financial risk there, and we've talked about this, about doing as, as uh, or insurance risk, and that when families do it, mm-hmm. you know, it's all on mom and dad, you know, I mean, right. there's no proviso for, for the church on this thing, so I, I think that's a good thing, and we've done a family trip before, and and there is part of me that would love to see mom and dads experience this with their kids right. too, you know. Yeah, I mean that's always hard because it's like, yeah, family trip would be awesome, but also kids away from their family is also awesome. Yeah, that's um, where you get the it's the this, ownership thing too at times. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, it just it's two different things. I know, I know. I think it's great if for younger kids, middle school. Mm-hmm. Like I would, I don't think I'd ever take middle school kids. Yeah, on a mission trip with all their parents. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So middle school kids, that's an awesome family yeah. bonding experience. Yeah. Opportunity to serve. Um, yeah. Yeah, but there's just something about uh, high school kids because mm-hmm. they're still in the safety of their parents' care yeah. uh, generally. So when you take young adults, mm-hmm. they're not. They don't go home and debrief yeah. with their parents necessarily. Yeah. So. And I think there's a this is a bit of a rite of passage at times for kids. Right. You know, like Independence they look, and- You know, this is this is a big trip. We're not. You know. And and they're away from mom and dad, and there's you know homesickness, and you know they're they're figuring that stuff out, and I think that's you know that's part of it. But uh, 
Yeah, no, I I, I love that, but it, you yeah. know, for kids to be able to grab a hold of this this trip and use it as a as a springboard into a larger, deeper faith. Right. Yeah. That's good. Well, that's the podcast for today. Yes, and I would encourage parents. Uh, you know, if you're listening here, is that if you have questions on on any of this and you know the the long lasting value and, and and if they even would like to even debrief you know with yourself or my myself i think that's a good thing too you know so yeah i love it yeah, so if you have any questions email us at btw at thanks for listening